Over his 34-year career, my husband has authored over 50 published articles, along with several books, videos, and audio training programs on the subject of network marketing. He's also been repeatedly recognized as one of the top network marketing trainers in the world. In June of 2011, he was invited to visit our company's home office. He was so impressed with what he saw that he decided that day to walk away from his lucrative speaking and consulting career and got started as a team of one. Today, that team of one has grown to over 200,000 customers, associates, managers, directors, executives, and millionaires in 17 countries. Today, my husband and I work together and we are extremely grateful to have been recognized as the number one income earners for our company worldwide. But what I'm most excited about today is that thanks to podcast technology, you can learn the leadership skills, the leadership lessons that will help you grow your own world-class team. With that in mind, let the man who's been teaching others about leadership for decades share what he's been teaching with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce my business partner and the love of my life, my husband, Michael S. Klaus. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite subjects, prospecting, or what I have been referring to for years, keeping the main thing the main thing. But before we get into the meat of this particular podcast, let's just do a brief recap on what we spoke about last time. Noise versus white noise and making sure that we're careful of the we need something new trap. Now, I shared with you, of course, what the differences were between those. I hope now this is, you know, part of the language that we're having in common. And I also was shared with you that little five-step formula that I really do hope you've written down and you've taken the areas of your life, your business, of course, being one of them, and you're focusing on that as an outline, as really just a guide to help get you from where you are to where you want to go. You know, decide what you want and then find somebody who already has what you want, making sure, of course, at least with the, uh, the, through the standpoint of our conversation, you know, they're in our profession, they're in our company, and in a perfect world, they're on our team. You know, make sure you find that person who already has what you want, find out what they did, do that, and then, of course, continue until you have it because they've already proven it's possible. But remember the trap we want to avoid. We can't survey 10 people that have all climbed to the top of the mountain and ask each of them their opinion and then take the best from the 10. We don't have the ability to do that. That won't work. We could follow any one of the 10 because they've obviously gotten to the top of the mountain. But if we start taking the boots from one, the backpack from another, the uh, food from a, a third, and a guide from the fourth, and the route from the fifth, and we start just putting it all together because it seems to make reasonable sense to us, odds are good we're never going to get to the top of the mountain. So remember, decide what you want. Find the person who already has it on our team, in our company, in our profession. Find out what they did, do that, and then continue until. And obviously, you want to find your rhythm. Everybody's different. Comparison is the thief of joy. So please, if you're going to be comparing yourself to someone, compare yourself to yourself as if you were investing in a stock. Some days it's up. 
Some days it's down, but if we back up and we look at where we acquired that stock and we give it a few months or a few years, the ultimate goal is to have it go up. And the ultimate goal here is to have you get better. But find your rhythm, follow your calendar, and remember, remember, remember to be here still actively involved a year from now. So that's just a brief recap from what we covered last time. I hope the pause really had an effect because we're not trying to get you through this material. We're trying to make sure that you get something from this material. After all, if you just listen to it and say, wow, that was interesting, let's go on to the next one, not too much is going to happen. You really want to be doing the work. And with that being said, let's get into the work. Let's talk about episode eight, presenting, or again, what I love to call keeping the main thing the main thing. So here's the story. You wake up in the morning. It should be one of the first thoughts that crosses your mind. Am I keeping the main thing the main thing? Hey, it's the middle of the day somewhere. I mean, about noon somewhere. And if it's about noon and you've been up for at least half of the working day, half of the day, you just have to ask yourself, am I keeping the main thing the main thing? And sometimes, wherever you happen to be, whatever part of the world is home for you, the day will come to its inevitable conclusion. And when it does, and when your head finally rests upon that pillow, will you be able to say as you close your eyes and drift peacefully off into dreamland, how did I do today at keeping the main thing the main thing? It should literally be on the forefront of your consciousness all day long. It should be the thought that dominates what's going on. And if it's not, then allow this to become a refinement of your philosophy. Remember, what you know and believe to be true affects what you think about. What you think about affects what you do, what you do, what you get, and what you get, what you have. And if what you have is not what you want, and you've given it enough time, we just can't do more. No, we need to refine our philosophy. We've talked about this. And so if this is a new thought for you, allow it to be that refinement, that we do want this to be on the forefront of our consciousness, because if we're thinking about this all day long, we are going to behave differently than if this is just something that kind of comes into our mind, stays for a moment, and then disappears for days or weeks. So what is it? What is this thought that should be in our mind as we wake up, go through the day, and end up thinking about as we're drifting off into dreamland? Am I keeping the main thing the main thing? That's the thought. Am I keeping the main thing the main thing? So if that's the thought, I suppose we should probably clarify it for those of you that are relatively new. You might be asking yourself, okay, great, but what is the main thing? Well, here it is. The main thing is presenting your products, your business, your side hustle. It's presenting either the products, the business, or both to someone who's expressed an interest in learning more. That's really what it is. The main thing is how many times today will the story, the isogenic story in our case, how many times today will that story be told? How many times today will it be told by you? How many times today will it be told by someone on your team? How many times today will it be told by a tool or by an event? How many times? That's the thought that should pop into our brain as we open our eyes in the morning. How many times today will the isogenic story be told by myself, by someone on my team, by a third-party tool? And a third-party tool is just anything that isn't you. So isomovie would be a third-party tool. Go take a look. Info would be a third-party tool. It's just anything that isn't you. 
So how many times today will that story get told? Now, why is this important? Well, because ultimately, people can't really say yes unless they know what they're saying yes to. You're not going to grow your customer base. You're not going to grow your team. You're not really going to grow your income because we're paid based upon movement of products to the ultimate end consumer. So nothing is really going to change in your world until the main thing really takes that prominent position in your life. We have to be focusing on it. It's really what allows everything to come together when you stop and think about it. Because when you're sitting and having a conversation with someone or where you're texting them, a, again, a video, you're texting them a little webpage like gotakealook.info, however you're getting that story told, inviting them to a particular event, however it's being told, now they have the opportunity to say yes or to ask questions, as some might refer maybe to object. Hey, what about this? Not sure about that. It's to this. It's to that. But we're going to get to that next week, but I'm getting ahead of the story. So let's talk about presenting. And they're really, I want you to think from today forward about presenting in two different forms, it, because it really does take on these, the, these two different looks. One is what I call formal. Now, a formal presentation is typically prearranged. You pick the date, the time, the place, the person. If you're going with someone, you're doing the classic two-on-one presentation. You know, Lynn and I might go and sit down and meet a new prospect. And maybe it's Lynn's prospect, and maybe she's invited them to hear me tell the story. We're sitting at a coffee shop, and I'm keeping the main thing. I'm the one telling the story on behalf of Lynn. Or maybe, again, it's a formal presentation that takes place at a hotel room. They're still popular. They're still going on all over the world. Even though we have amazing technology like Zoom, which I'll come back to in a moment, hotel meetings are still a great way to give a formal presentation to someone who's really interested in taking a look at what we do. And then obviously, as I mentioned, it's Zoom, Facebook Lives, and otherwise, where we have this predetermined date, time, and place, typically following a very pre-agreed-upon structure. Uh, I think of PowerPoint, but that's not always the case. You know, sometimes it's just starting them at the beginning and working them through. And when I think about formal, although it can be a two-on-one presentation, certainly, I typically think of formal presentations involving a group. You know, you're doing an in-home event obviously in your home or in someone's home, you've decided on the evening, you've decided on the time, the location, the invitations have been set out, follow-ups have been uh, um, orchestrated so that we now have a living room full of people. And now someone or someones will be actually sharing the story. Uh, maybe you've divided it, divided it into parts. Someone will give a little bit of overview on who we are and our history. Somebody else will talk about the products and really tell some stories about those. Someone else may talk about how we are able to share this and how compensation works. And then someone may come up and actually just close or invite them to really get involved. Now, that could be just one individual or a few individuals, but think about that as a formal presentation. Beautiful, beautiful way to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. But what about the other type of presentation? Well, you could probably guess the title, at least the one I've given it, informal. An informal presentation hap happens wherever you are and whenever it needs to happen. What would be a few examples of that? 
Well, maybe you're at the gym and you've been going for a period of time and you've struck up a conversation with someone and maybe this particular day you brought one of your Isogenics products and they happen to notice and they strike up the conversation. You've got the time, they have the time, you know how to share. And so you're in a position to really not say, you know, I know we're both at the gym working out, but how about this? In a week from Monday, we're going to be doing this formal presentation down at the local Hilton Hotel. Why don't you come as my guest and you can learn all about it? Maybe not the best way to go. It may be much more to your advantage to engage in an informal conversation or really an informal presentation with that individual. And so there really isn't a lot of structure there, although for you, you should always have in mind the beginning, the middle, and the end. And you have to be reasonable. If they're waiting on a machine and you've got four or five minutes, you've got to get in what you can get in in four or five minutes. That may not be enough to get them to say yes, but it may be just enough of a presentation, again, keeping the main thing the main thing, to advance the conversation where they do say, I would really like to know more. And you can arrange a time to give a more formal presentation. I will tell you, when you're doing the informal presentations, be it a gym, you're sitting at a restaurant and you're having a conversation with someone, uh, one of my favorites on an airplane, you know, where you're both strapped in for two, two and a half hours, that's plenty of time to get to know someone, you know, to really create rapport where they know you and they like you and they trust you, where you can have conversation, you can ask about their family and their children and kind of their, you know, where they've been traveling, are they going somewhere, are they returning from somewhere? And when they ask you, you have the opportunity to move that conversation in a way that perhaps allows for them to say, hey, I'd love to know more. And since we're sitting here for a couple of hours, maybe you can just share that with me. So you want to always be prepared for those informal conversations. Here's the challenge. When we get involved in informal, oftentimes we think more about us than we think about them. Now, let me explain, because we really don't want to do that. When we say we're thinking more about us, what we end up doing, if we're not careful, is we start telling a prospect what we think, what we like, what it's doing for us. And although our story is really important, you should have your story down to about 30 seconds to a minute. I got involved because this has been my experience since, but let's talk about you. And you really want to drive the conversation, that informal presentation, you know, keeping the main thing the main thing, to where they would like it to go. Well, how do you do that? Well, you can't always start with Jim and Kathy Coover and work your way down. It's not always going to start in March of 2002 in what was then Gilbert, Arizona. That's probably not exactly what you want to do at that point. That may be what happened to you. You might have flown to corporate. You might have met the Coovers. You might have some epic story of your involvement. Or maybe it was just a friend who introduced the products to you and you've got an amazing weight loss story or a muscle gain story or an energy story. That's yours. Own it, share it briefly, and then return the conversation to the most important person in the room, which is your prospect, whether you're in that airplane, wherever you happen to be, if it's informal. So how do you get the conversation started? 
Well, here's a little question that I learned from one of my dear friends, Tom Schreider, years ago. And Tom, I'm telling you what, I've known him for 30 plus years. He's just a thinker. He really just gets you to wonder why you've been doing things in the way you've been doing them for a while with just one question kind of right between the eyes. And when Tom said to me this question, when he shared this question with me, I just thought, wow. So I tried it. It worked. I tried it again. It worked. I shared it with other people. It worked. It's been working for as far back as I care to remember. There's a video floating around somewhere where Lynn and I were up in the Colorado Rocky Mountains, and uh, I did a little uh, video for this. It's posted somewhere. It's a little bit grainy, not too fun, but it really goes into more of an explanation. So if that's something you would like, a little bit more depth, uh, find it and watch it. And you can simply Google my name and then the title of the video, which is, What Would You Like to Know About First? And that really is the question. So let's picture the scenario. You're sitting on the airplane. We're engaged in conversation. We've gotten to know the person next to us. We have rapport. They've noticed something. Maybe we've got some Isogenics gear on. Maybe we pull out a bar or something of the sort. But they've noticed something. And they're asking. And so we're again drawing them out by asking them questions. And we're now getting to the point where we start to realize, wow, this person, maybe it's a mom, got a couple of kids, energy's been a problem, trying to lose the last four or five pounds of baby weight. She's struggled. She's tried just about everything that's come along, still on her, not happy about it. And she's just kind of pouring her heart out. And you start asking again more questions. And then she says, well, tell me about this. I'd, I'd really like to know more about it. Well, where do you go? Again, probably not best to jump in and say in March of 2002, a couple of people got, no, it's probably not the best approach. Here's what's better. And what I would like you to or suggest to you now is like a garment. Why don't you put this on for a few weeks? Just try it on, walk around in it and just see how it feels. Whenever you find yourself in a position where you're about to engage in an informal conversation and it moves to where you're now going to be doing a presentation over a few minutes or a longer period of time, why don't you ask them what they would like to know? Say, well, you know, Mary, since we're talking and you obviously have a little bit of time, let me ask you, what would you like to know about first? Now, if Mary doesn't really know even enough to answer that question, we can help her a little bit. Well, Mary, there's really two types of people that are involved with our company. Those who want to benefit from the products, look better, feel better, have more energy, or we have those individuals that are interested in the income side, a little side hustle. Mary, based on your situation, what would you like to know about first? Now, if Mary says, I'd kind of like to know about both of them, wonderful. You've got to pick and start somewhere, so just pick and start somewhere. If Mary says, well, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about the products, wonderful. You know, the people that get involved from a product standpoint, we tend to find that they're either trying to lose weight, gain muscle, have more energy, or slow down the aging process. Mary, based on your situation, which of those would you like to know about first? Mary says, well, I'd really like to know about the weight loss. I've been struggling for as far back as I care to remember. I'm carrying about five, six pounds of baby fat, and my little baby's now five. Okay, who can relate? So here we are. Now we're having this conversation with Mary. She wants to know about losing weight. And so what you want to share with her is just enough where Mary is intrigued and wants to find out how to get her own account. 
It's that simple. And then we'll transition it over. Now, you'd mentioned a little bit about the income side. What would you like to know about on the income side? You know, do you, have you ever thought about doing something else? Are you looking for a little side hustle, something to do? Again, asking questions and then allowing the answers to those questions to direct the, to take the conversation in the direction that needs to go will really help you give a brilliant informal conversation. I'm telling you, it's just as simple as that. We now <laughs> let's try that again. We now need to start thinking. I, gotta, I, I need to focus on keeping the main thing the main thing. It's got to be the first thought in our brain when we wake up. We've got to think about it at the middle of the day. We've got to think about it at the end of the day. We've got to focus on how many times today is the isogenic story going to be told by you, by someone on your team, by a tool like Go Take a Look, Isomovie, or otherwise, or by an event. Because if we can learn to track that, we can build a financial wall around our family that nothing can get through. It'll take time. But it's time well invested, in my opinion. Having done this for a number of years, I can tell you that this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it all happens when we focus on sharing the isogenic story. So what about the rest of it, the skills and all of those things? Well, here comes the best part. In the beginning, what you lack in skill, you can actually make up for with activity. Let me say that again, because that really bears repeating. In the beginning, what you lack in skill, you can actually make up for with activity. What does that mean? Well, it means that Lynn and I have done this for so many years, we really have a good handle on presenting the isogenic story. But if we're not careful, we can fall into a trap of pre presenting it only once or twice a month. You might be brand new and you've got your 100 name list and you're going through those people and you're doing both formal in-home events or at a hotel, you're plugging into what your team is doing or otherwise, and the informal events, wherever they happen to be, you're doing these and you're doing four, five, six, seven, eight a week, maybe more. Hey, at the end of the month, who do you think is going to enroll more people? Lynn and I, with our vast knowledge I'm being a little bit humorous here, but you know, some people think, oh, if I only knew what you knew. No, it's not about knowing what we know. It's about following a recipe. But if Lynn and I have this beautiful recipe book in our home and never bother to open it, having that beautiful recipe book won't help. You have never made the recipes in the book. It doesn't matter. If you start pulling it out and reading and getting your hands dirty and starting to do it, eventually you're going to be able to produce some beautiful meals for your family. It's about doing the work. So in the beginning, whatever you lack in skill, you can make up for with activity. But hear me, unless you want to work like a dog for the rest of your life, you do want to go to work and get better. Just as you're getting better and you recognize that to the degree you get better, it gets easier. But as you're getting better and it's getting easier, don't fall into the, the trap that so many leaders fall into where they think, ah, you know, I can do this tomorrow. I've got this down. I don't need to do this. I don't have to work this hard. I could do this anytime. No, we really want to focus on keeping the main thing the main thing and making sure that the story gets told. Remember, rapport comes first. That know me, like me, and trust me. And then the presenting part, either formally or informally, that comes last. What are you trying to accomplish? That should always be in the forefront of your mind's eye. 
What are you trying to accomplish? What do you know about the person you're attempting to share this information with? What have they expressed an interest in? And truthfully, I'm not a mind reader. You probably aren't either. And so I have learned more years ago than I care to admit from a dear friend of mine that the best way to direct a presentation informally is just to ask the person I'm talking to what they would like to know about first. After I've covered that, here comes my crazy follow-up question. Well, Mary, now that we've talked about how it works and how you can really lose weight, what would you like to know about next? Mary's probably going to say, well, how, do, how much does it cost? And you'll be able to share with her the best information. By the way, we're going to do a whole podcast just on that. So, you know, it's, it's not today, but it's coming. But until then, do the best you can. Remember, whatever you lack in skill, you can make up for with activity. So just do the best you can. And now that you've covered how the products work and how the pricing works, you say, now that we've covered those things, Mary, what would you like to know about next? Well, you mentioned there was an opportunity to make some money. How does that work? Oh, good. Let me show you. And you pull out a piece of paper or you share from your phone, whatever it happens to be, you know, how you can take someone through the compensation plan, show them how that works, how you go from a customer to an associate, associate to a manager, manager to a director, director to an executive, you know, really the ACMDE, the tracks to run on as Lynn loves to share. You just learn how that works and how they can get their products paid for. They can pay for a car, pay for a home. They can replace a full-time income. Listen, we just announced our 300th Isogenics Millionaire. And please go to isogenicsearnings.com if you want to know what that actually means. But in short, it's people that have made more than $1 million in Isogenics from the day they said yes and started getting paid till the million dollars. 300 people. You know, if there were only three, I might think to myself, I don't know if I have a chance at this. But when 300 people have accomplished something, it tells me, maybe I've got a shot. Not at the million dollars. It isn't about that. But it's about being able to share something that you believe is valuable with other people and to be rewarded based upon that. I really do believe it's a fair exchange of value. The more value you give the more you can in turn earn without putting in tons of time. You don't have to work this 180 hours a week. If we did, I wouldn't want to do it. You probably wouldn't want to do it either. But because we can leverage teams, we can do some crazy, crazy things over time. But it all starts with, again, as we've been discussing the last few episodes, finding those people to talk to, And then today we move into talking to those people we find, presenting, keeping the main thing the main thing. So a couple of closing thoughts here I really want to focus in on because I know what some of you might be thinking, especially you crazy firstborn personality types. And I've got to tell you, you know who you are. You know, the only children, obviously you're a firstborn. The firstborn in your family, yes, that would include you, of course. But most of us don't think of the other two the firstborn of your sex. So if you're the first girl, but you have an older brother, you're still the first girl, you're still the firstborn, even though you're the second child. Yes, I'm talking to you. 
Or if you happen to be, and here it comes, at least five years separating you from your next oldest sibling, no matter how many parents were involved, whether it's the same parents or a remarriage, if there's five years separating you from your next oldest sibling, the birth order process repeats. So if you're an only child, a firstborn child, firstborn of your sex, or at least five years between you and your next oldest sibling, I'm talking to you right now. You're not going to figure this out. Let me say it again. You're not going to figure this out. Listen, as a recovering firstborn myself, I know what I'm talking about. I have an older sister and a younger brother. That makes me the firstborn male in my family, categorically firstborn. Firstborn personality types. What does that mean? It means we want to do the best. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is some things you just can't excel in. You can't excel in convincing everyone around you that the direction you're going is the right way. You can find people that want to go the same direction as you, but you're not going to convince the masses. If you don't believe that, watch the evening news for a few days and you'll get the idea. People don't always agree with one another, and I think it's getting worse. You probably have noticed that too. So we're not trying to convince people. We're trying to find people that have an interest in what it is that we're doing. We're never going to get this right. This is not an algebra equation, which at the end has but one right answer. This is working with people and saying, hey, here's where you are. You're telling me here's where you want to go. I think I might have a way to get you there. Whether I'm there or not is irrelevant. I mean, please, if you're still on your weight loss journey, don't think you've got to have rock hard abs and be putting into a, you know, women a double zero, whatever they call them. And don't even get me started on that. Who decided that the smallest size would be a multitude of zeros? I don't get this. It makes no sense to me. But there it is. But you don't have to be that person to be able to share with somebody else a solution for their own life. You just have to be able to connect those dots by keeping the main thing the main thing. Remember that. Remember that. And then again, over time, you'll get better. You'll get better with your product usage and your body will will show it. You'll get better with your business and your bank account will show it. But just because you happen to succeed in the areas of your life you want, don't expect everyone to follow you. Lynn and I are still told no. We're the number one income earners in the world. We have been for the last three consecutive years. We sit down with people and we say, these products work. Here's all the, exp- all the people that have used them. You're probably paying for them anyway. Look at what you're paying for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Look what this costs. You're probably paying for this anyway. You're not happy with the body that you're living in. And unlike your home, you really can't move. You just have to kind of renovate. And as a result of that... We've got some products, 30-day money-back guarantee, don't really have anything to lose, get your sexy back or get your money back. We can try everything we have learned along the way, and people at the end can say, no, I actually am just going to live my life exactly how I've been living my life. I don't think this is for me. Okay. Remember what I said? We're not going to convince everyone. We're just trying to look for people who have an interest in going the direction that we're going. Remember that. But you can get better. You can get better, but you will never figure this out. If there was a perfect way to present, I would have told you. If there was one video that worked every time, I would simply have given it to you. If we had but one way that if you just took people down this one road, you would always get this result, don't you think I would have given this information? Remember, if you listen to the very first episode I did, the one that I called episode 000 that really gave the outline, what did I say? This is not for the people outside, although if you're in the network marketing space, you're welcome to be the voyeur and listen in. 
This is not even for the people in our company. Although if you're part of the Isogenics family, you're more than willing to, to listen and to share this because there's no end game. There's no email list. There's no seminar. There's no upsell. There's nothing coming. It's me sharing. But remember who I'm sharing this with? The team that Lynn and I are developing, what we call our one big team. We're sharing this information with you because we want you to succeed. When you succeed, we succeed. We don't need to have a seminar and charge you money to tell you these things. If we're telling you things that are going to work for you, we're going to make more money because you are going to be more successful. So based upon that, I have no reason to hold anything back. I just can't give all of it to you in one fell swoop. Like the old African proverb, what's the best way to eat an elephant? And the answer, one bite at a time. And those bites are episodes. And over this period, this journey that we're going to be embarking on, that we will continue at some point in time, you're going to look back and say, wow, I ate the whole elephant. This is amazing. And you'll know what we know. And if you forget part of it, you can go back and review any of the episodes that you need. But make sure you're getting your teams plugged in too. Remember, firstborns, you aren't going to figure this out. Stop trying to figure it out. Start sharing what you know with the people you know that you care about, that you want to help have better bodies, live in those better bodies, have bigger bank accounts, live out of those bigger bank accounts, and ultimately end up with a time freedom to enjoy both. If you are looking for a more formal presentation and you really want to feel the structure of what that might feel like and might sound like, let me direct you to one other place you can also go. I joined in 2011, and a few months afterwards, I actually wrote out, fully scripted, because it had to get approved by the Isogenics legal department, a fully scripted presentation. Now, it was my story, but I wanted to tell that story to anybody who was interested. I recorded it in a studio, and I started sharing that, because instead of me telling it a hundred times, I just thought I'll pass out these little CDs back in the day, and people could listen. And it seemed great until the company found out about it and said, wow, we really would like to offer this to everyone. And so they did. In fact, for about two years, if I remember correctly, that little CD made its way into every single distributor kit the company produced in the English speaking world. But and let me let me be real clear here. But I didn't earn a penny from that. I gave the rights to that royalty-free to Isogenics so that they, in turn, could give it to you. So that's the crazy part about all of this. That presentation is entitled, How to Get Fit, Feel Fabulous, and Become Financially Free. How to Get Fit, Feel Fabulous, and Become Financially Free. It's on SoundCloud just because it has to be hosted somewhere. And the only adjustments, if I were to re-record that today, that I would need to make is we're now not about a $300 million company. We're about a $1 billion company. And I think when I said how many years we've been in business, obviously it's more. But aside from those two things... I don't think I would tell the story any differently in a formal setting than I told it all those years ago. So if you are looking and you're one of those firstborn personality types and you just really would like to have some structure, go listen to How to Get Fit, Feel Fabulous, and Become Financially Free. You can also download it. You can share it. You can direct people to it. Again, there's no benefit for me other than I want you to succeed. It's still a really great message. And what I mentioned on that particular audio 
uh, it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy, really, because I talked about the size of the company being a billion dollars, and you know, here we are. But that being said, you know, I I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the brightest bulb in the lamp. I've just been doing this for a long, long time. And when you've been doing something for a long, long time, you tend to be able to see patterns emerging. I could see where Isogenics was going when I decided to participate. That's why I got involved. And every single thing that I saw over these years has just become our reality, which we're really excited about. And you should be excited about too. So in conclusion, let me remind you, if you want to collect anything over time, become a collector of stories. Learn the stories at Celebration, New Year's Kickoff, or any other Isogenics corporate or formal event of the people that came into the company, what happened to their lives, and how they are better as a result of it. Become a great collector of stories. Develop your own personal story on what the products have done for you, what the business has done for you, and then season your presentation like you would a spice or maybe a little bit of salt. Season your presentations, whether you're formally giving them or informally sharing them, season your presentations with those stories. Because the old adage that facts tell, stories sell, is as true today as it was when it was originally penned. So that being said, what am I going to ask you to do? Well, until you're back with me again next week, I would focus on keeping the main thing the main thing. I would, wherever I've caught you today, ask yourself, how many times today are you going to make sure the isogenic story gets told? By you, by somebody on your team, by a third-party tool, or by an by an event. Because I'll promise you this, if you can track that over time, if you can track that, you can build a financial wall around your family, nothing can get through. So I hope you've enjoyed this information as much as I've enjoyed sharing it. And I really do hope that you appreciate spaced repetition and you listen to this repetitively until you can have the words flowing out of your mouth as effortlessly as I can have them flowing out of mine. Because I want you to be able to grow your biggest, your business bigger better and faster than you ever thought possible. And you're going to accomplish that by keeping the main thing, the main thing.